Hello and welcome to The Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue in the epilogue for Dearest Ones, the letters that our hero, Stanley, wrote to his family throughout his Second World War. The Silver King has been riding the Queen Mary from New York Harbor to England in the last week of September of 1944. The Silver King wrote a letter to his family just as he was getting ready to depart for England on September 18th. The next letter that he wrote was dated September 28th of 1944, and he had just finished his ride on the Queen Mary, and he was now, as he wrote on his letter, somewhere in England. To assure his folks of a safe arrival in England, he sent them a Western Union wire on September 29th to Milton Silverfield at 38339 Court South, Birmingham, Alabama. Am safe and well. Letter follows. Hope all well at home. Please write. Love, Stanley Silverfield. Stanley's initial letter after his first Atlantic crossing was written on September 28th. Dearest ones, we had a swell trip coming over, much better than I had imagined it would be. Take my word for it, though, being an officer surely makes one hell of a difference. It was a big, beautiful ship, so immense that I never did learn my way around it. One thing I did learn is that it is indeed the way to take a honeymoon. The ship had all the advantages of any resort. Believe me, it was more like a pleasure cruise than a troop transport. I'm glad now that I didn't fly over. I had a swell time in New York, and I spent all my money. But it was worth it. I was drunk practically the whole time. I hope Aunt Sylvia wasn't too angry that I didn't see her. I had intended to, but each time the fellows wouldn't let me go. I'm sure you can understand that. I'll write her and explain myself. I saw most of the hotels and nightclubs while there. The store club, the El Morocco, the Latin Quarter, the Zanzibar. Of course, I was impressed with the sights and all the people there but I will still take Chicago. And it was quite a coincidence running into Joan. She looked great, and we had a drink and talked for a while. It surely was sweet of her to write you. I suppose Mrs. Phillips told you I also ran into her right on Broadway. And as yet, I haven't seen much of England. It seems to be a beautiful country. I haven't any contact with her people. And right now I'm in another replacement depot, awaiting assignment to a permanent station. And believe it or not, the conditions are better than any depot in the States, bar none. The food is good and the sleeping is wonderful. So don't worry about me, I'm fine. My only trouble is trying to figure out the English money. I found 
Bill here, which was a pleasant surprise. He wrote me a letter and sent it home. You can forward it to me. I have the same APO for the time being. I hope you're well and will write again soon. Please write me. Love to Ida. Stan. The King's first two letters from somewhere in England are on the nice embossed stationery from the United States Army. They're three pages each, and of course, as style, very descriptive about what's going on. And in reading them again, I'm struck by how much he's observing the details of life as he settles in and awaits movement to his ultimate assignment. The king writes to his family on September 30th, 1944. Dearest ones, still haven't received any mail from you, and I suppose it will be quite some time before I do. I sent you a cable yesterday, which should ease your mind somewhat. I am feeling fine and can't complain about a thing, so please don't worry. I sincerely hope you're well and not too lonesome. I was able to secure a six-hour pass last night to leave the post. I went to the nearest town, which is about three miles away, and had a swell walk both ways. The transportation is practically nil here. I didn't mind it because it was a wonderful experience, and I succeeded in satisfying my curiosity. It was only a small place, and looked like a picture. The streets are narrow, and the buildings are built low and close together. The English surely utilize every foot of space. The people are very reserved, but friendly enough when the ice is broken. There is only beer in the way of drinking. But what beer? Believe me, it's something like you never tasted before. It's warm because they have no ice here, and it tastes like flat beer that has been standing for ages. However, it is very potent, and after four or five, it tastes more like champagne. Perhaps the thing that surprised me the most were all the girls. It was just like being back in the States. They aren't bad because they wear makeup and fancy hairdos. I guess it all comes from the American movies. I got quite a kick out of listening to them using American slang with an English accent. And there you have my picture of England thus far in my travels. I'm still waiting assignment to my permanent station. It should come any day now. I spent this morning censoring the enlisted men's mail, and this afternoon I played bridge. It will be hard going back to work, except for the fact that they play for keeps over here. Getting late, so I'll close for now. There will be an interval in my letters when I move again, so don't worry. Please take good care of yourselves, and write often. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. The king's sightseeing is a nice diversion to help him dial back on his anxiousness regarding moving on to his permanent station. And the king was correct about the interval between his letters home, because the next letter he wrote was postmarked on October 20th of 1944, three weeks later. 
And he writes to his family from France, Dearest ones, I hope you haven't worried because of not hearing from me. I'm feeling fine and haven't written from traveling so much. I left the replacement depot the day after I wrote you last and have been en route ever since. I still haven't reached my final destination. Right now, I'm living in an old barn somewhere in France awaiting transportation to the bomb group to which I have been assigned. It's been a long, hard road, but I have weathered it okay. As soon as I reach my permanent station, I will write you a long letter. I've had some peculiar experiences which should make interesting writing. I only wish I had a camera so I could take some pictures. I'm afraid it would take seeing to make you believe some of the things I have done. Nonetheless, I am well and healthy, so there is no need for you to worry at all. I do hope you're well and everything is all right. Please write. Love to Ida. Stan. The king wrote this missive on V-mail, one of the few that remained in the archive that his family built of all of his writing and memorabilia throughout the war. He's close to his permanent station, and it's taken about two weeks for the king to reach that destination. And it's not clear exactly what his route was from England to France. He's on the ground in France, traveling by transport and making use of countryside buildings and barns as they move. The end of this journey covers an American and European landscape that took the king almost 21 months from the day he stepped on the train in Nashville to the day he will arrive at his permanent station. He's worked hard. He's anxious to enter his war and do his part as we have reached the end of this epilogue of Dearest Ones, the letters that the king wrote to his family throughout his Second World War. Part 20. And you are listening to The Silver King's War. <laughs>